back to No Chill with Gilbert Arenas. Now we got a very, very special episode for you today. Now Gil, you're one of the most astute, not only astute basketball minds, but just minds in general. So I like hearing your opinion on all types of random shit. Okay. <laughs> so we got, you know, unwritten rules. We're gonna talk about unwritten rules of the game. Okay. All right, so I'm gonna give you a bunch of different topics in the basketball world, and I'm gonna get your opinion on them. Like I said, you're the person I go to first because you generally have the right mentality, whether sending guys to Budapest or, or who they could come at, can't come at light-skinned dudes. There's just a lot of rules and regulations out there. So first, unwritten rule we want to talk about is fans sitting courtside at, at basketball games. Now, LeBron James made headlines recently when he booted two Caucasian Patriots fans. Caucasian Patriots, okay. I mean, you know, it's important, especially in the Black Lives Matter era and everything going on in the world. You just, for me, it made my heart warm and flutter just to see him to be able to do that. You know, in the birthplace of the KKK in Indiana. Mm. You know, that's just, you know, 40, 50 years ago, he wasn't getting that off. <laughs> yeah, he yeah, wasn't, yeah, you know, yeah. sundown, he wasn't be able to get out of that town. But, you know, word is on the street, and it's, this hasn't been confirmed, but that they were making comments about Bronny and a bunch of other different shit. And LeBron deals with all types of stuff. Obviously, you look at his social, just look at the way that people come at him. He deals with a lot of craziness. So I want to say from you personally, what are the rules and regulations in your mind for fans that sit courtside at NBA basketball games? Okay, when it comes to, you know, it's it's kind of it's kind of it's it's kind of different. It depends on the athlete, you know. Um, you know, as a family man, you know, like LeBron is, I'm pretty sure, no matter what you're trying to say to win the game, kids is off limits. Yeah. You know, um, you know, if you if you want to talk about my girlfriend or my wife or me personally. I don't really give a shit. So girlfriend or wife or yeah, you know, you just expect that. What if it's like long-term wife that you like high school sweetheart that you've been like 15, 18 years strong? It depends, it depends on what they're saying. You know, you know, of course they're gonna say, oh, you should sleep with your teammate or do something. Like you, you that's part of the game. Okay. But, but when you're talking about, you know, this person should die, like, yeah, that's well, that's too aggressive, bro. I just I just all I did was just make two baskets straight and you're talking about, you know, family members dying, you know, that that's just a little too far. And I always made this point that I felt like when, when the throwback era started and fans could go buy jerseys and they can get the full uniforms, that for some reason it made them think that they could do what, what you guys were able to do. Like, oh, I do it on the video game and I got the jersey on so I could talk to Gil any way that I feel. So when you're playing and hooping, like you said, how cognizant are you of what fans are saying? And has there ever been a point when you were hooping where somebody just said some shit and it's like, whoa, 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 you got to get out of here? It's just like, you know, I, I think I've watched too many movies. Uh, what was it? The Damon Wayans was uh, Celtics Pride. Yeah. You know, it's like you have those, those the Wesley Cyprus one too. Yeah. Um, you like have fan, uh, De Niro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, have, you have super fans. You have people who really believe that they impact winning and losing. So that mindset going into arena, added with liquor, added with, you know, being at home, you can have some really extreme, you know, blurt outs. Um, I'm pretty sure, like, things that were said in previous years was worse, yeah. <laughs> you know, compared to now. Because now, you know, players have power to, to have, you know, those people removed versus, you know, back in the day. I mean, I think about somebody like a Bill Russell comes to mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like, I, I, shit. A Bill, a Bill Russell in Boston. I play here for y'all. And that's what y'all saying? Yeah. yeah. Um, you I know, know Marcus Smart has said he's heard similar similar verbiage. So you view yourself when you're in the middle of a hoop in a game. Have you ever caught a fan saying some reckless out-of-pocket shit? Oh, no, I've been, like, yeah, yeah. I've been called the N-word plenty of times. Really? Um, yeah, but, wow. you know, it's kind of weird when, you know, 
you're being called an N-word, and then they have on, you know, a Paul Pierce jersey or Kevin Garnett's jersey. It's like, oh, okay. <laughs> like it's just so now I know it's not a real. That's not a real one. You didn't. You didn't earn. You didn't earn your racism. Hard, hard R or soft A though. E R. Okay. Okay. But but it, to me, like I'm more I'm more cognizant of real things. Like the fact that you have on a Paul Pierce jersey <laughs> lets me know you're not a real racist. I'm not just gonna grant you racism. Like you have to earn that shit. Yeah. And just calling me that because I'm an opposing player trying to get under my skin, and you got a Paul Pierce. Can I said it? You have a Paul Pierce jersey on. That's not even. He's not even white. He's he's really black. Like, you know, that, like, he's from Inglewood, bro. That is like, that's like, come on. Like, come on. I don't think you really thought that one through. <laughs> Inglewood, is, Inglewood is I would. No, but I'm just saying, you didn't think that one, you didn't think that one through. You didn't really think that one through. You're just doing it because you think it's going to get under my skin. I'm from the Valley. Bro. And, yeah. <laughs> yeah. San Fernando Valley, fine. Um, have you ever had to get a fan ejected from a game? Or booted or any of that, you know. No, no. I, I, I want, especially if I'm if I'm going off. I want you to fill all this 40, 50 I'm giving your team. Are you gonna? You gotta remember the reason you're talking shit is because you're losing. So I want you to take this ass whooping with you when you leave. And have you ever been in a point where maybe a fan saying some crazy out of pocket shit to you, but towards the end of the game they turn and just have to become a fan of yours? Most of them. You know what's so funny? Most like like racism in sports is kind of. It's a little different to me than, you know, what we see on Instagram or we see in the public. Because you got to remember, there's no all-white team or all-black team. I mean, pretty sure all-black team basketball. But there's really not all one dominant team. So the fact that you are a fan of that team and you're cheering those players on kind of goes against the rules of what racism really is. Yeah. It's like, I mean... I, I I don't see people in signs in Boston saying I will all bring back the all white team. I don't you know I don't I haven't seen that sign yet. So <laughs> you know the fact that you're still like rooting you know kind of that's what I said. It's kind of weird. It's just a, it's just a weird dynamic when it comes to sports. And then we talk about like celebrities sitting courtside. Obviously you know Laker games, even Clippers game to an extent. You'll get some some famous faces there. Knicks game, same thing. I don't know about Nets games. I hear those tickets are going for like five dollars a pop, but do celebrities get more leeway in terms of the things they can say? Like, if it's Rihanna and she's talking shit to you, are you more or less inclined to, to care? Or are you like, damn, Riri? Like nah, you don't care because, you know, usually celebrities don't go overboard, you know, because they are celebrities and they get hackled themselves. So they can be hackling you and someone's hackling them. So it you know, yeah. kind of really doesn't really have the same impact as just a regular normal fan. Like, you know, you know as a celebrity, they're just rooting for their team. So they're going to try. Like the Drake. Yeah. You know, the, the, the Drake, what, what Drake does, is that, that's just fun. That's just funny to me, that he can really get under people's skin. And obviously you play in the Garden. Somebody like Spike Lee, does he have any impact or effect on opposing players? We've seen, obviously, Reggie Miller have to give him that, that work back in the day. In the yeah, I don't want to be rude, but, you know, it's like pretty, pretty, like he's so pretty 80s, mid-90s, you know, <laughs> kind of a, you know, you really, to get to these players today, you're going to need someone that's a little... He's wild. younger. You're just like Spike. You're too old for this, Chief. Yeah, no, nah, it's just you're just because the people that are playing now, they know you, but they don't idolize you for what you've done. You know, you just you know, it's just like Jack Nicholson. You guys are just you. You're kind of too old 
for this genre, this, 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 these players to really get under their skin. It's like, shut your old ass up. You know, it's just, you know, that's it. That's the end of the conversation. It's, you know, it's not like, so you won't have that Reggie Miller thing going back with, with, with Spike because he's just not, he, you need someone younger that can, that can do it. Has a famous person ever tried to come at you in a game and you had to go back at them and just clown them? No, no, be, no. No, no, no. Irv Gotti was mad at me once. <laughs> Irv Gotti. Yeah, we was in was we was in Houston. We were playing Houston. We were playing Houston in Houston, and I think they had money on a spread, and um, a few shots at the end of the game. They didn't mean nothing. Kind of face, and they, they kind of lost a couple thousand, so a couple hundred thousand. So he was really pissed at me personally. <laughs> he was really pissed at me personally because yeah. of, because of that. But it was no, it was no shit talking though. But it was, and then who? I know you said you like seeing Denzel at a game and things like that. But who, who have you been at a game and saw and been like, oh shit, that's that person, that's that dude. Holly Berry. Tisha, Tisha, is it Tisha Campbell? Uh, with yeah. Pam off of Martin. Yeah, she was sitting right at, right next to the bench. It was when I scored sixty-two. I wanted to just smooch on her after I scored six because I felt I was the man and. We, we secretly was dating since I was a child uh, because of the show. You know her, um, is it even Eva? Longoria, no. Is it even Longoria? But it was Tony Parker's wife. I mean. Because she, I heard in this, uh, uh, I don't know where I heard it from, She, but she said I was one of her uh, favorite players. And I was like, wait, huh? Say what again? <laughs> you know, but you know, she was married to my guy Parker, so that was off limits. Okay. We're going to get to kind of the rules of dating a little bit later on in the show, but want to hit you quickly. We saw, you know, before Luke Walton got fired, it was almost kind of an ominous situation, but the, the Kings fan was sitting courtside, got a little too turned up, started yakking all over the court. Have you ever been in a game and seen some stuff like that happen? Um, well, well, I mean, certain fans are, should be allowed to just vomit you know, like, I mean, just certain, you know, you know, let's, let's just be honest. Is that a natural reaction for a Kings fan to be able to have watching that brand of basketball? Yeah, I mean, it's just part of, the, just, your team sucks, you're having a good time, and the highlight was to throw up. I mean, that's, you, you're a hero. But you got to remember, <laughs> their fans back in the day were ruthless because they had dollar beer night. Okay. Now think about dollar beer night with a group that actually has a winning season. It got hectic in that building. Um, so that, that, that group is used to drinking and whatever happening. But I've never seen a courtside. So in your opinion, you know, you played in pretty much every NBA arena. Who had the most like ruliest or unruly fans? Who, who are the rowdiest, unruly, wildest? Like when you went for there, an you, opponent, yeah, you just know they were gonna be turned up no matter what it was. Uh, Boston or Cleveland, okay. Oh, Cleveland, that's yeah, interesting. Yeah, yeah, Cleveland, they don't have much to do. Yeah, they, they, they don't got shit to do but have colored hair and just root for LeBron, basically. <laughs> just colored hair and rooting for LeBron is basically what Cleveland was about. But yeah, Cleveland, you know, playing them in the playoffs was just oh, some rude. When I was with Golden State playing against Sacramento, that was a fight. 
Oh, that was that was because yeah. Kings was good at that time, so that was. And Sacramento just as a city, anybody who knows the makeup of California, it's just <laughs> they have a lot to be angry about. Yeah. Um, what were they ranked? Like, what was they ranked top? Was it top one or two ugliest most people in the world? Like that was that city, right? No, no, I, I swear, I swear, they had Sacramento like top five, like ugliest people ever. I just. <laughs> Don't don't quote me on that, but I swear that was a rating. And if that's the case, I can see why they're mad. They need dollar beer. Was it true? It was two. Ah, no, they can't get mad. What I want to know is because like, like I knew it. San Antonio, Sacramento. You hear these things. Obviously, Barkley's been very outspoken about uh, the, the looks of the people in, in these cities. Like, who goes around from like door to door checking? Like, I, I, that's 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 what I know. I knew I read that somewhere though. But they, they're ranked. They're number two. <laughs> That's not a list I would want to be on. <laughs> Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. I want to talk to you a little bit about in-game fighting. Obviously, we had the LeBron versus Isaiah Stewart situation. It's a different era. You guys used to throw hands lightly back in your day, but what are the deciding factors that go into your mind if somebody really is about that and wants to fight you? Um, how much is it going to cost me? <laughs> you know, uh, <laughs> it's a business decision. It, it is it, no, it's, it it actually is a business decision because so back in the day, you got to remember fines were only five thousand dollars for you know just being fined. So you have two things that's going on with situations that happen in the game. You have being fined, which is a max of I think about fifty thousand, and being uh, suspended. That's a game check, right? So depending on how much you make per game determines if you are actually going to fight. So basically, everyone who, the top 20, when it comes to pay, not they're not fighting. They're not fighting. They're not even going to think about fighting. They might get rowdy and rough, but they're not trying to get suspended because that's going to cost anywhere from 200000 to basically five, uh, a half a million dollars Every game they're suspended. So no, those players are not gonna fight. Like, no, don't even don't even get close to me. So I I don't even wanna throw, I'll wrestle with you and tussle <laughs> to the point where we just get fined 50 grand. Yeah. But I don't care what you tell me in this game, you're not worth half a million dollars for me to throw a punch. You can tell me my wife is cheating on me. For five hundred thousand dollars, I just I just get a new wife. You know what I mean? But I am not going to swing and be suspended for five, for, for five. And that's just one game. Now, if you give me three games, that's 1.5. And still, and still I got to get a new wife? No. It, but that's what goes through a person's mind during that altercation. So for average, Money. an average poor person like myself, we hear fines. I don't think shit about that. I don't think, you know, suspension. LeBron's suspended. You pointed out he's losing about 400 racks, 500 racks, right, on that game check. 
For you as an NBA player, when you find out, hey, how do they tell you you're getting fined? Is it a text? They send you an email? Like, yeah, the, the next day, you, you'd be like, oh, yeah, uh, or like right after the game, usually with, it's, like usually after the game, probably about either late midnight or early in the morning, you'll find out if you've been suspended. And how's that information? Oh, that hurts. Oh, ooh, you get a text or from your agent or from the team. And, and it hurts. Like, oh, damn. My, he wasn't worth 400 Oh, man. Oh, and how much he, he got? Two games? A total of 60 grand. Oh, my God. 60 grand. That's it. And that's, that's. So even losing something in like the 10, 15, 60, whatever range, like they, they find you on text, all that shit, right? So you. You, like, okay, so like Stewart, for two games, it only cost him 60 grand. So that ain't a fair fight. Like, I don't want to fight you, bro. You're, you're 60 grand. No, but of 60, course you want to fight. 60 to him is like 400 to Brian. True, but it's not. <laughs> <laughs> True, but it's not, okay? This is not. <laughs> so got to ask you, in your time and even looking at the league today, who are guys that you would absolutely, under no circumstance, want to fight with? Like, if they were trying to squab, let's say they were making a similar amount of salary, money wasn't an issue, no fines, anything like that, who are you looking at like, ah, I'm not with you like that? Anyone I can lose to. I don't want to fight somebody I'm going to lose to, so anybody from the shooting guard to the center, off limits. <laughs> off limits, all right? I'm just, just gonna, I'm just going to be honest. Which is off, from, if you play the shooting guard and up, off limits, all right? And then when we come to these point guards, it really depends, all right? You know, I, I probably fight, the, you know, one of the ball brothers, you know. Which you one, know? though? Because the thing is, you fight Lonzo or Lamelo, then you got to deal fight with Jello. both of them. Yeah, you know what? But Jello's I'm good. I won't fight the Ball Brothers because you know they, they come in three plus they got pops, and he looks like he will punch. And they're from Chino Hill, so yeah, you know, so they're not, I'll, there's I'll, no you rules. Let me go ahead and scratch them off. I'll go with uh, is Ricky Rubio still in the league? <laughs> <laughs> I'll fight a Ricky Rubio. Yeah, those are those are my that's my that's my class of like because I know I want to win. I like I want to win. I don't want like yeah. you know it's hard to you know try to. Going to a home crowd and you just got your ass up because you know every city you go in is going to be laughing at you. And what do you do? Because, I mean, you know, I love LeBron. Obviously, he's my favorite player. But there's no way him versus Isaiah Stewart, he was going to get washed. And that's just no disrespect to Brian. Isaiah Stewart just built like straight predators. They both built like – listen, I'm just going to be honest with you. But younger. All that sounds cool, but we just going to have to look at it how we looked at it. Y'all looking at how crazy the man looked coming at LeBron. I look at it like, bro, he did a back swipe moving backwards and bust your whole eye open. I'm not sure that you really won't fight this, bro, like that. Like you, your whole face busted on a rebound outlet. I don't know if you want to take knuckles to the face on this guy, right? I met LeBron a few days before that incident happened, and the thing that stuck with me, the dude's hands are fucking ginormous. I'm, yeah. I tried to dap him up. He just, like, swallowed my whole yeah, shit up. Yeah, I'm not. Look, I'm listen. a big-handed gentleman. Like, you can look and see, but and I'm just, so I'm looking at that hand. Like, that's literally, like, you But know. listen, if I'm going for a rebound and you, like, swipe and bust my whole eye and I'm bleeding, getting punched is the last of the things I want to happen at this point. Okay, because I, I almost got in the fight once. In reality, they kick in. Um, it was with Dallin Burke. Oh wow! Yeah. Um, really? Yeah, he kept giving nice me dude, like though. he kept giving me like these little cheap shots, and I decided the 
old school trick. He's running in front, you clip him. Boop. He hit the ground. Yeah. Yeah, punks, stay down. And kept going. And there was a play where I don't know why coach called it, but I was supposed to pass it and then brush, brush him to open up the big. So I'm trying to brush past him and he just boom, just level, just boom. And I'm like, like the play's going on, ref didn't see it, and I'm just sitting there going out of bounds. Days like, nah, he just hit me, bro. He just hit me. I'm sitting, the play is going on. I'm sitting on the um, it's not the scores table, it's the sideline, yeah. the sideline little thing. I'm just sitting there like. They're trying to figure out what's going on. I'm like, oh, he hit me. And I remember after the game, I'm gonna see you in the <laughs> I'm gonna see you in the hallway. So I run to the other side and I'm running to him. And then he got in the stands and I all I just remember somebody saying, yo, you remember, you know he's a black belt, right? And I was like, yeah. Next game, next game, I got you. Like, like I I I didn't need no one to stop me. Black belt winning my brain. He's a black belt. And that just, yeah, I mean. You lucky. I'm going to get your next game. And then walk to my locker room like, yeah, I didn't want none of that. Yeah, was, I would have never imagined his big – I was at, like, P. Newell's big man camp with him back in the day when, like, his rookie or second year. And, and he was the coolest dude in the club. Yeah. Getting us all, all, all the underage kids drinks and shit, <laughs> like, turning up. So I would have never imagined. But you got to be careful with them type of dudes. Yeah, too nice. So last thing we hit you on, Darren Williams fighting Frank Gore. Would you ever see yourself getting into a situation like that? And if you could fight one old school NBA player, pay-per-view, I'm going to say, because you're already baller, I'm going to say $25 million purse. Who are you squaring up with? Okay, listen. I'm just going to be honest with you. It looks like, that shit looks like it hurts. Okay? All right? Getting hit looks like it really hurts. And, and I'm the type of person that I'll be training and you better not hit me in training. You know, I don't want no part of reality. This is going to be just one-sided thing. Like, yeah, yeah. Look at these hands. Ha, ha, ha. And then I'll get the rude awakening inside the arena. Like, as soon as it ding, and then I swing, and obviously the jab didn't go, and he hit me. I quit. I walk. I'm good. This is not what I thought was going to happen, bro. You don't even <laughs> supposed to move. Throw that down, and I would have walked out. Like, like I'm, but I'm going for Darren. I think that I think the other guy like what five four five five five. Frank, six, but he you know he built like a gorilla though. He yeah, yeah he looks like one too. After my man Darren Williams get to that face. This NBA, it's uh, NBA right here, baby. And I fuck with Darren because uh, back in the day when he got caught up early in Utah in his career, I think the fake name he gave him was like Purvis or something like that. But it was just like <laughs> it was just like yeah, I wouldn't even question you. Like you but, definitely look like. But a fighting uh, ex NBA player or Perry, I think whatever it was. That's what I said. I don't know. Not even gonna lie. What if it's when Ricky Rubio retires? Oh yeah, no, I do that. Okay. Unless he can, if somebody like yo, he like a green belt. I'm like, I'm. Oh, Ricky man. Rubio might have hands. I know that's why I'm like, look, I got, I got hands, but I've never been hit because I was fast then, not fast now. So <laughs> I, the, the possibility of being hit is very high, and I don't want to, I don't want to no, feel sure. none of that. I mean, you don't want a Nate I get Robinson. dizzy. I get dizzy standing up fast sometimes. You don't end up like <laughs> Nate Robinson. I just think, you know, you know, because I rock with Nate. Nate's a great dude, but. He, look, he lasted two rounds? Beep, beep, oh. Listen, I would have been done the first part of that. Soon as, like, soon as that first jab hit, he hit me. I'm telling you, I'm down. Like, out of my body yeah, don't work well, like that. Get your back. 
So Gil, I want to talk to you about demanding a trade. Now, you're an NBA player. What is the proper protocol or procedure to go about doing this? <laughs> Do you still show up to the facility and give your all and just hope that it'll work out? Or are you like, fuck y'all, I'm going to be at the crib. Let me know where I'm going. Demand, I mean, demand, demanding a trade is like, you want to do that in the off season. Like during season, that's kind of hard um, because you don't want to be there, but you still got to keep performing. Um, it all depends on what the situation is. You know, every situation is different. You know, you want to be traded because the team is just not good. You know, you're probably still going to go out there and play. You know, if you're if you're demanding a trade because something happened within the team and you don't want to be there anymore. That's a whole different type of play because you don't want to play. So, you know, that's where fake injuries coming from and all that stuff. So, um, <laughs> it, all, it, all, it, all depends. it all depends. And were you ever in a situation like that where maybe you're playing with a guy and he don't want to be there? And how do you as a teammate, like, damn, you don't want to play with me? Like, do you, do you take that person or are you like, yo, I get it, Docs. I'm trying to go no, with you. No, no, no. I, I, one, I remember <laughs> um, one teammate. Great, te great, great teammate, um, and we kind of understood. Um, so Ant Antonio Daniels, at a part of, I think it was like 2006-7 year, he, he wanted a trade, or was it at, it was probably there or after. Um, it was probably the year after that. And I, I don't think I was playing, but he was coming off the bench. And it was one of those things where, He's like, I'm a, I'm a starter. Our starting guard is out. It's me. Why am I coming off the bench to this mediocre player? You know what I mean? I'd rather get traded to someone like, you know, sitting behind like a Chris Paul or sitting behind somebody like, you know, a young talent I can help groom. Yeah. You know, like he was very, it was like, it was one of those things where it's like, why am I coming off the bench to this player versus. <laughs> and if you were that player, though, how do you feel? It was like, damn, dog. Well, he didn't say that. He didn't say that to the player. Okay. But, you know what I mean? It was like, it was a veteran. It was a veteran talk. Okay. And what's so funny, a couple days later, he was traded to New Orleans um, under under somebody like Chris Paul. But it was just, that was the only time I had to deal with someone who's who really wanted to, you know, like be traded. It wasn't like, he was it was like, the playing time versus like, yo, I'm a veteran, you know, um, you know, this is what I do. This is, I'm behind Gilbert Arenas. <laughs> I'm not going to sit behind this right here. It was one of those. So how did you, you know, you were involved in trades. What does that feel like for you as a player? Did you want out? What was the situation? Well, yeah, that, that was a different, I wanted out. Um, you know, it was right after, you know, coming back, you know, um, I wasn't comfortable. You know, playing in D.C. felt like, you know, um, I disappointed them. Wow. You know, so, you know, just like anybody, you know, you feel like I disappointed you, I'm running. You know, so it was one of those where I, I really wanted to just hurry up and get traded so I can get a fresh start. But usually, I'm not going to lie, usually during the trade deadlines, that is the most exciting part of the <laughs> locker room, bro. Oh my God, that's the funniest part. Like watching people, like who's on that bubble of getting treated, just nervous, not understanding like what's going on. Like, oh, just watching him just go, especially for a guy like me who's a jokester. Oh, I used to come up with all, I used to do this with my phone, like, <laughs> dinner, dinner. Oh, there's a trade. 
hey, bro, you, yeah, you've been, yeah, you've been traded, yeah. Where? Oh, um, hold, hold on. Yeah, you got traded to Detroit for two, yeah, 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 two signed autograph balls, <laughs> a few pom-poms, and, uh, yeah, that was it. Yeah, you've been traded. And I, I used to just do that. Like, when people are like, dun, 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 that's all we used to do, the whole trade deadline. And that was like, that was like probably, probably the best part of the season. So we, we had Kuz on the show, and I think Kuz was kind of a guy who always had to deal with that. You know, his name would always be in trade, talks mm -hmm. around that. So when you have a guy like that who doesn't end up getting traded, you know, what are they, what's their mood like after that deadline passes and they know they're going to be with the squad the rest as, of the day? As much as they want to say that they're upset, I'm pretty sure relief. Yeah. Because they don't just have to uproot and just go and, and, and be with a, a, another team and try to learn that system and – not thinking that, oh, shit, after that, those four, those two, three months, I might be traded again. You know, so, you know, a little relief that for at least for the next three or four months, you're, you're stationary. For sure. And then, but it is funny, not even going to lie. What's it like for you as a teammate to be on the other side and then see a guy has been traded? You come in like, damn, we're not teammates no more, dog. Just That's the funny part. Just you, you, you're playing, you're hooping, and then, you know, you're talking shit, and then he got traded. Like, yeah. All right, dog. Hey, listen, man. Um, yeah, uh-huh. You going where? I heard that. Yeah. Well, good luck over there. All right, man. Look, I don't know when we play you guys, but uh, I'm going to bust your ass because I know what you're going to be trying to do. And then click. And then you're like, you know what? I'm, I might need to block him. I don't, he ain't my teammate no more. I'm going to hit block him. You know, get him out of the rotation. <laughs> get him off the group chat. Now, that's what it's more. Are you, are you moving guys off the group? Yeah, you move guys off immediately yeah, off the group yeah, chat. Yeah, you move guys off the group chat. It's mm. fun. That's what I said. It's more of a funny thing than it is serious. It's it's listen. It's serious, but it's funny because of the team. Like if you have a funny, like loving team, they're gonna make the trade like a little humorous. So what I want to know, I've always been curious. Like the trade happens, guy has his locker. Who comes in and cleans the locker? Does the team staff do it? Does he get one last moment in not, his locker? Not the, the, the staff do it. Like, I remember back in the day, if you heard, was it Jerome? Jerome was it Jerome James? Who went into the locker room, and he found out he was traded because there was a trash, a, a trash bag in his locker room. It was a trash bag in his locker. So that was like, you've been traded. You got to clear your shit out. And you remember he did the <laughs> press conference where, I guess it was like, um, it was Seattle Spurs. They were playing each other. I forgot. I think he was on S Seattle, and he was beating the Spurs. And he went, I went from trash to heel. <laughs> that was the best line I've ever heard after the trade. He said, I went from trash to heel. And then are you ever, are you ever salty? Like, damn, he got traded to a good team. Do you ever have that feeling? Oh, no, like, you, you hate that too. Like, oh. Like, not like, because when I got traded, so I got traded to, um, I got traded to Orlando. Brittany Haywood and Karan and Deshaun got traded to uh, Dallas, and they became champions. It's like, bro, all that hard work I did, all the shooting I did, and they get the championship. <laughs> and are they kind of studying on you? Like, oh no, yeah, yeah. Like you showing the yeah, I got to call them champs for the rest of our time. Yeah.
I know. It kind of hurts, right? You know, you got guys who used to rebound and set screens for you, you know, champions, man. And the last one I ask you, is there any city that under no circumstance would you ever want to get traded to? Bucks. Um, <laughs> uh, let's see. Milwaukee uh, is cracking. I just want to. Huh? Because I'm paying Drake for more tickets. Um, Milwaukee is no, a cracking city. Uh, you know, the, 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 okay, so there's this, it's, we call it the three M's. It's the three M's. <laughs> Michigan. Is it Michigan, Minnesota, Memphis? Is those three? Any M's? You know, yeah, the state. Michigan, Memphis, Minnesota. Don't want to go there. So what about Wisconsin? That's not there. It's a dub. What? Milwaukee. Milwaukee? Let's, come on. Come on. Who, come on. It's a thriving city. Come on, just let's just be let's just be honest. You, All right, Cleveland or Milwaukee? That's what I'm at. I'm gonna leave you with on this segment. You got your choice. You can go to Cleveland or Milwaukee. Like I never left the hotel in there was a, I never left the hotel in Milwaukee. So I don't really I I really don't. It was just one of those things. Like I don't like why am I? What am I doing when I go outside? There's nothing here. Damn. Who wants to go? I don't go outside. I don't, I don't go out Milwaukee, Minnesota. Like, Detroit, you definitely don't want to go to Detroit. Like, you, you definitely don't want to go outside over there. Like, Sacramento, obviously. Um, damn, that's a lot of Spurs, San Antonio. I heard that was, I mean, if you let Charles Barkley listen to it. I mean, there's a, there's a lot of hotels you're not leaving. You pull up, you're just, what, Shades? And I'm in here. I did, there's just some cities I just didn't go out. It was just, just stay in the hotel day. <laughs> That's what I said. Like, so I've never walked around San Antonio, so I don't know nothing about it because it was just. We got some rich history, though, right? Where's the Alamo at? That's San Antonio? Man, if, like, come on. I'm an NBA player, man. I'm not going there to see the Alamo, man. But your culture, Gil, you. I'm not going there to see the Alamo. Go see What am I supposed place. to see? A bunch of statues of people shooting at each other? Go see some hey, fights. I know. I'm not going there. The I'm little going. river joint. I've never Mem seen Memphis. I mean, you just had. Uh, yeah. They had one street. Right? It was just one street, right? Bill Street. I know they got ribs. It was Bill Street. That was it. That was it. Um, uh, Detroit. Yeah, you just stay. You just stay in. I, I think we were staying at the Peabody. You just stay in. You don't want to go out there. That's just it just named for itself, okay? Um, and you know what's so funny? This is how Detroit is. You ever see that that uh, like any TV show that like people got superhuman powers, like something happened to the city, and then like like people like uh, Black Thunder. <laughs> you seen Black Thunder, right? That's Detroit. That can happen in Detroit. That's a city that, you know, like, something's going on in here. Like, they jumping. They can jump out the gym for no reason. For no reason. It must be the water or something. That's Detroit. Okay. Yeah, sure. I mean, that's Detroit. So, Gil, I want to move to AAU. Mm -hmm. You know, you played on the AAU side. You're an AAU parent now. I remember the first time I saw you, you were playing with the pumps in the Inland Empire somewhere. I'm just like, who is this dude? Shifty guard getting all these buckets. <laughs> that I'd never seen before, because I try to fashion myself as like a, a hoops head in LA, just knowing everybody. <laughs> but you were a Valley dude, I didn't, I didn't touch the Valley too much later in my life. But I want to know now that you're on the other side of it. You've gone from an AAU hooper mm -hmm. to an a AAU parent. 
What's a piece of advice that you would give to AAU parents out there? <laughs> um, be realistic. That, that's the advice because uh, AAU parents are so delusional <laughs> that it's not even funny. Like, like when you know when we came up, it was the elite. Like, you know, you had to really be a hooper. You had to really be a star to actually make a 12-roster team. Like, like even if that, that program had three divisions in that team, like three, like A, B, and C, yeah. C probably averaged 30 on his high school team. Now it's Park League basketball inside of AAU, and parents – all think their kids should be playing. And just listening to parents yell and complain and sh shoot the ball. Like, I don't even know why he's playing. He shouldn't even be in this gym, let alone shoot that shit. Um, you know he can't drip. I don't even know if he knows what team he's on at this point. But um, do not say shoot, because when he touches it, he's probably going to just chuck it. Um, that's what we're looking at. Like, I... <laughs> what I mean by delusion, okay, the NBA, right? A high-level player shoots 90%, Curry shoot 90%, 95% from the free throw line. Or you have your Dame Leonard them shooting 80s. AAU parents think their kids should be shooting 98 to 100 from the free throw line. And they're 10, 11, 12. And I'm sitting here like, Listen, I, the free throw line is kind of like the three-point line. I'm just assuming that this shit's not going in, okay? I don't know what you're thinking, but your son's been at the free throw line five times a day, and he's 0 for 8. I'm pretty sure he's going to be 0 for 10. So you sitting there yelling at him that he's going to get a spanking after the game if he misses these two free throws. That is just automatic and asshole because there's no way he's making both these free throws with that kind of pressure. You know what I mean? And they're down by 40, so I don't even know what the, <laughs> the concern of these free throws. But that's what you're dealing with with, with, with uh, AAU basketball, just delusions. So what's your approach? Obviously, playing in the NBA now as a league dad. Like, my pops played in the league, so when he showed up the games, he wasn't really vocal. He would just be out there, but he used to do this shit where if he was pissed off, whereas my older brother, me, my younger brother's playing, he would drop his keys really loud, like, like a loud, audible <laughs> key drop at a quiet moment just to try and get the coach's attention, let him know he's salty. So are you, are you a loud dad? Are you just chilling in the cut? Like, how, how are you at during No, I'm, I'm, I, don't, I don't really say anything. Like, um, if I say anything to a, the, the kids, it, it just be like, yo, Euro. You know, it'd be like, you know, you know do, like do certain moves, but, you know, I try not to interfere with their play um, because they, they're playing a game on how they see the game, not how I'm seeing it from, you know, my view. So, you know, it's like, it's like being at your computer desk and you're, you have a certain way of how you organize your thing and how you're typing and someone coming up like, push, push it now, push it now, hit these buttons. It's like, no, that's not how you work. So same thing with a basketball player. Like, and you sitting there yelling, shoot, 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 obviously, if he thought he could make it, he would have shot that shit. All right? So, no, don't just sit there yelling shit out. You're this game up. Now he's looking. Everything he does, he want to see what his parents do. Y'all sitting over there with the attitude. And it's like, so I just sit there chilling, most likely watching uh, Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, the shit's so boring. I ain't going to lie. It's like, what am I really expecting? You know, I'm, you know, 
it's, it's halfway over the score is 22-16. Like, so when you're dealing with parents of other kids and they're telling you, you said they're delusional, they're telling you some far-fetched shit, how do you react to that yourself when they're like, oh, yeah, he's, he's D1? Or like when they ask your opinion, how do you politely <laughs> tell them that their son is ass? Like I've heard, I've heard like, yo, you know, my kid is going to get us out of the hood. Is that? I don't. Uh, the pressure that kid has. Ooh, I feel sorry for him later on in life. Like, but just hearing, just hearing the stuff of like D one. You know, my kid's gonna play in high school or this, and my kid should be getting more playing time. And and I'm just sitting here like, mm, mm, mm. <laughs> like I, I don't know what, I don't know what sport or what y'all are watching. Like, I don't know what part of the game that you're watching that has, that has you thinking that he's going to be in the pros, but we're not watching the same game. First of all, you're 5'1", your wife's 5'0", and he is the center on this team, and most likely he's going to be 5'1", 5'2". I'm, I'm sure... The league is not an option right here. I mean, you know, we can work on being a ball boy or equipment manager, uh, strength coach, you know, overzealous strength coach. You know, you can be one of those. But an actual, an actual player, I don't think that's going to happen. You know, but, you know, no, no parent wants to hear it. So I just keep it to myself and make little funny comments. So obviously, you know, I'm sure you're dealing with a lot of other former NBA players that have kids now in the circuit with, with your son and your daughter. Is there competition amongst you guys, like, you know, especially, like, depending on the hierarchy of how good, good they were in the NBA? Like, is there, is there some competitiveness from guys who maybe weren't as good as you, but now they've got their kid and they think their kid's going to be the one to? No, 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 because, you know, usually if you played in the NBA, like, you actually understand the steps it takes, you know. So you're not really paying attention to, you know, early success. You know, you got, you know. Some kids are going to be dominant early. Some who are going to peak in the middle. Some are late bloomers. So you actually understand it because you've been there. So you was one of the three, and you've seen one of the three fail. So you've seen guys who were just ranked. They're the man, and then they just don't make it. You know, um, so you're really just just enjoying your kids just playing. You know, most of the time, most of the you know kids are usually on the same team. You know, um, so, you know, you're basically cheering for each other, you know, in a sense. So. But is there any, like, dry heading going on, too? Like, all right, you took enough shots. Give my son the rock. No, not, not really. No, okay, not, not really. really no, we, I, haven't, haven't, I haven't came across any of that yet. But, you know, if I did, it's, it'd be one of those, like, hey, listen. <clears throat> I, didn't, I, didn't pass it to, uh, I, didn't, I didn't pass it to his daddy, so you don't pass it to him, all right? Keep, keep the family <laughs> line going, all right? Keep he was the number two option. His son's gonna be a number two option. Cause it runs in the family. That bloodline runs in the family. His whole family been assistant pimp. Yes. He's gonna be an assistant pimp. Gilbert, just wanna say appreciate you for dropping knowledge. Uh, but yeah, we'll be back with more, man. We appreciate y'all tuning in. This is No Chill with Gilbert Arenas.